You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. You know, I've always wanted to do this. I'll do like a podcast. Yeah, dude, like a like a podcast or be on a radio show or something. I always thought it would be interesting and fun. Here I am on the Dream Loud podcast, no, episode what, 45, 46? 27. 27. Okay, club like, 27. 27. All you right. know about Club, yeah, club 27? Oh yeah, 27 in the white lighter, right? Huh? 27 in a white lighter in your pocket, like a white Bic lighter, I thought it was. I had not heard of that. Yeah, What's that? I thought it was, well, the same people. Oh, really? Club, yeah. It's like um, those, all of those people, they were 27. What is it? Jimi Hendrix. Who else was it? I'm going to speak Dude, there's so without, many. There's a poster I saw. That's I'll like, speak it's out like, of turn. Wait, Kurt Cobain was one of them, right? Wasn't he? I think so. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. But uh, they all had tu- a, Tupac. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but they all had a white Bic lighter in their pocket, too. What? Yeah. Well, I guess who didn't? That's true. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 interesting that the now odd everybody has, has a Zippo. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I buy cheap old big lighters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me too. Actually, I don't, right? ha- I don't have a Zippo. Yeah. No. I, I don't mean, even smoke anything. I just use them for like incense and candles mm-hmm. and stuff like well, that. And Zippos is a Zippo good for that? Well, I don't have a Zippo. Oh. I'm just talking about Bic. Oh, yeah. Lighters. No, you know what I like for those are those like long, oh, the, the long, the, candle. the thing longer, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. My dad has one that's an AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Especially since what we were talking about earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said. But anyways, man, I'm glad that we're doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. This is great. I, um... For anybody else that's listening that doesn't know, we were we were at band practice earlier tonight. Yeah, so that's what we've been doing all night. Yeah, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah. I guess I'll do. Um, I normally do an official intro. I like the intro that we had, but I'll do a, an official one too. Oh yeah, that's right. We just kind of started talking and yeah, didn't really we did. discuss actually so starting. <laughs> I might I might chop it up later. See <laughs> okay. how it works. Yeah. But anyways, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. I am Ben Hall, your host, and I'm sitting down with Josh. I actually don't know how to pronounce your last name. It's Doran. It's just Doran? Yeah, Doran. I always want to say like Duran. A, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, it's yeah. Doran. It's like the A isn't silent, it's soft. Doran. Yeah. It's almost like an I. <clears throat> yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. People have said Dorian. Like they, Dorian they, like, Gray? They, they, they like, yeah, kind of, yeah, they, they like add an I into it, but it's like, it's and derived it's just... from an, it's an Irish word. Oh, what's yeah. the Irish word? The Odohedron. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was like the original name, I guess, of my family's clan. Well, I was adopted, but like my family's clan from Ireland was okay. originally Odehedron. And we have like this big old thing that we got one year from my grandparents that has like the, it tra- like traces how the name changed through really? the years until it got to Doran. And we have like a family crest that has like a, a wild boar on it and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. very, very cool. Uh, I know my last name means people of the hill country near Yorkshire. Oh, oh interesting. Oh, very, yeah. very specific. Very specific, very yeah. English. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it, the word means in Irish, um, which is interesting because I don't think that I, I am, am Irish, which is yeah. funny. Um, yeah. Um, 
But I do remember that on that thing, I'd have to look at it because I don't have a copy of it. But it said something about us being like mischievous and some of the family members were pirates and they were like infamous for things. Really? Yeah. So like it was it was I, I thought that was funny because it get like fits the, the personality of the current family, too. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like we're all we're all like yeah, not but, not we're not criminals, but just right. like uh, uh, we, we like to party a lot. I really? Guess. Yeah, dude. My family is the craziest partiers that you've ever met in your life. Dude, we get we at least like, twice or three times a year we have these giant bashes of with like hundreds of people. Like family reunion party. Yeah, except it's just like the family plus all of the extended family, quote unquote, which happens to also be like neighbors and other people that we like in the city. We have like a huge blog party. Oh yeah, essentially. Yeah, That's my awesome. aunt holds this thing this thing called Camp Sue. Her name is Sue. And uh, she holds a thing called Camp Sue every year around the 4th of July, usually. And people from all around town and out, even some of us, out, like relatives from out of town, they all bring their, their like campers. And they, what? Just, they just park in her yard for like a week. Oh my gosh. And they just stay there. And we have this giant party that's there like every day. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. No, we don't have anything like that in my family. But oh. that's for well, you guys like to party. Yeah, we like to party. We like to get, we like to all get together. But yeah. like but that's it's part cool. of but part of that is like like so I was lucky in getting adopted into the family that I was. I said that earlier, I kinda yeah. like glossed over it, but I was so I was adopted from when I was like, I don't know, six months old or something. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Well, I was a baby, obviously. I don't remember. <laughs> um but um I got I got lucky in the family that I, I did because they're like it was when, when I was home, at least it's harder now because I'm farther away, but like my uncle would call us up and be like, Hey, you know, I'm doing something. Can you come over and help me? And it's like, you go over and help. And if I'm doing something, I could call, I could call anybody, yeah, any, any member of the family and be like, Hey, you know, I need help with my car. Can you come right. help me? And they'd come, you know, I can remember one time. So I used to work at, um, a, a powdered, well, a CNC shop actually, but they worked on like powdered metal stuff. Um, it was okay. a CNC shop. I was a programmer, but it was really bad weather that day. And obviously I got stuck in the snow like a bunch of times. And, um, man, I called one of my uncles and I was, cause I knew he had a big truck. I was like, Hey man, can you come out and, and, and help pull me out? Yeah. And no fewer than five people came to help me. Really? Yeah. And it was like, not, and not all of them were my family members either. That's awesome. Some just happened to be like, so there was like, there were people over at the house, at their house. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to go and help Josh get unstuck. And they're like, Oh, we'll come. And everybody just like, everybody comes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, great. You know? So I was lucky to have gotten into a family like that. And then, you know, my parents were very uh, supportive of me in my endeavors and, and stuff like that too, as I was growing up, like, you know, you, you hear all the horror stories about kids who got adopted, and mm -hmm. I definitely was not one of them. I was extremely lucky to to have gotten put into the family that I was. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. I, I don't, don't remember how I got onto that subject, but yeah. Oh, oh we're talking it's about because, family. Yeah, we were talking about family because my family is Irish, but I'm not. Okay. Yes. Well, that makes sense. You don't look Irish no, at all. No. <laughs> I was just discussing that. My, 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 uh. "Quote unquote ethnicity," I guess. Yeah. I would, no, I guess that was that's what that is. Ethnicity. Yeah, that's where is. you're from. Yeah. So, like, I was discussing my ethnicity. I can't remember who the other day. Um, oh, was that this girl that I'm starting to see? Oh, yeah. I was cool. just discussing that, and 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 we were, and I've had other people guess. Like, I mostly, if I told you that I was Italian, you totally believe me. Oh yeah, I would. Why? But or Sicilian. But like, um, I could probably pass for like Egyptian. 
Yeah, you, you know, could. Or like Northern Middle Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. You could. So I've, got, I've got, you know, black hair, dark black hair, mm-hmm. kind of facial features, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And more olivey I have all olivey skin. I yeah. could be Greek. You could, could be, yeah, yeah. I could totally be Greek, yeah. Hmm, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah. I have a funny story about, you know, college. You're, I mean, you're one of the, as far as friends for me, like, like we go, we go back as about as far as any friends that I currently hang with. It would have been like 2005. Yeah, it would have yeah. been 2005. It would have been the fall of 2005 when I was. We, I think we were both freshmen. Maybe well, you, you were, were a sophomore. Your, you were a year younger than me. Yeah, so <clears throat> you were a freshman. I was a sophomore. Is mm-hmm. that what it was? Yeah, we were in the jazz band. You were in the jazz. band. You know, and I actually remember when I met you was we were playing. We we had been playing some songs, and then um, Royce. Oh yeah, Royce was, Hetrick. Yeah, Royce Hetrick was the band He's the director. Man. Yeah, dude, I I would I, in a heartbeat if that guy was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a jazz band together in Pittsburgh, it's, and I want be, you to be a guitarist. I'd be like, sold. Yeah, I I do it. Totally would work with that dude again. He's um, one of my favorite. I guess I call him a professor. Yeah, he was a jazz band well, professor. Did you ever take any like music classes with him? The no. only time, yeah. No, he, I didn't. So he to me was just like the band director. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all he was. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't even think he was a... I mean, he didn't have a doctorate. They just... I mean, Clarion... Okay, so whenever I went to Clarion, mm-hmm. one of the things <clears> they <throat> sold me on was because when I went there, I had no idea what I was going to major in. I just wanted to pick in chemistry because I figured it would be better to pick like a science than to just be undeclared. I might well, as well be working towards something. To be fair, you're not wrong. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... I mean, a very marketable degree was something, you know... Mm-hmm valuable that includes math or something that, uh, yeah, that interestingly if you get it on that as a side note if you do happen to get like a degree like that it yeah. really opens your possibilities up more for non-technical positions that is interesting yeah just because it it appears like it's a harder degree to get is mm-hmm. that why yeah sometimes it depends on what you're applying for but yeah. i mean you know uh, but but there's but that's part of the marketability is like right you can do a hard science or 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 a science or a, or like a a place that doesn't require a specific degree too. There's a lot of places that are like that. You just need to have yeah. a degree. True. Very yeah, true. You know, but you wouldn't be able to just, you know, be a chemist with a, a social work degree or something like that. Right. Know? Which not to, I'm not downplaying social work degree, but you're not going to be a chemist right. as a social worker, you know? So, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. We're talking about this because we just got done with, I totally decided and I derailed you. I no, should, I should totally not have done fine. that. I'm so sorry. I'm actually good at keeping things on track. Right, That's why right, I'm the right. host here. Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just want to make a side note saying it's interesting. We're talking about getting marketable degrees because we just had a podcast episode not long ago where I was talking to Zach Lees, who's our international touring drummer. He's going to laugh if he listens to that because I keep teasing him about oh, yeah. that. Like he lives the right international next, touring drummer? He lives right next to us, but like he <laughs> only does international shows. He's only done the uh, the Canadian show and the Nor- Norwegian show. That's hilarious. But he lives closer than all of our local drummers that we have play the local show. It's mm. just funny the way it works out. But yeah, we just got done doing a podcast where we talked about, especially for music, the best route is probably not to go to college. Yeah. I mean, if you're really convinced that that's what you want to do, just go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally For agree. Music, yeah. I mean, my thought process behind that always has been, I mean, well, I've always been interested in computers anyways. Right. And I like to tear things apart and put them back together and I like solving puzzles. So it's not, it's kind of a no brainer that I'm an engineer anyways. But yeah. my thought with music was always that if I, 
if I get my degree in something that I like and that I'm good at anyways, that pays well, that I can still have that to fall back on and then right. I can go and pursue music, which is kind of what I'm doing yeah. now. You know, like I'll tell you, I, in a second, if, if my musical projects took off, I would quit my job and go and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, definitely I honestly, know that I would. Yeah. yeah. So. I honestly, my thought process was exactly the same along with the fact that I toyed with the idea of going to college for music, but then I thought they're going to, yeah, they're, they're yeah. going to teach me so much crap. I don't, not that it's crap, but that I don't care to know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all the things that I've ever learned in music have pretty, aside from what my mom taught me, uh, you know, being a, a piano teacher whenever I was really little, mm-hmm. everything I've learned in music, whether it's drums, bass, vocals, guitar, I've pretty much either been self-taught or sought out that information on my own or got teachers to mm-hmm. teach me. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't really put my education <clears throat> in somebody else's hands to what they think I should learn. Yeah. That's kind of the, you know, I'm th- I'm just thinking out loud now. That's kind of like the backwards thing about our education system now. It's that you go to these institutions and you just kind of blindly, I guess, throw your future at their feet and be like, well, teach me whatever you yeah, think I like should know. You know what I should know. So let me know. And actually, interestingly, when, so when I was in college for computer science at Edinburgh, yeah. like I got a lot more involved with that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So like I knew that was why actually I picked the, there were different tracks of computer science and I picked the theoretical track because it, it, it hit most of the things that I wanted to know. Yeah. But like, so I did, I did independent research when I was there too. I like, I published a paper. I like oh, did, did a big you? project. Yeah. Actually the, the, the project was really cool and I can talk about it. It was actually be really cool to talk about on this. Um, do you, do you want me to, do you want me to tell you about it? Yeah. please. Right. So my project it was like my, I call it my undergraduate thesis, but it was like, it was like my, my crowning achievement of, of college really was, yeah. um, so, and I, I still have it downstairs, actually the, the headset. So I bought an EEG headset, oh, which did, is, uh, okay. um, electroencephalograph and it's a sensor that sits on your forehead right here and it picks up the electricity that's in your brain essentially, which makes the electricity flowing, makes a magnetic field that can be picked up by the sensor, a galvanic sensor on your, on your skin. And, um, and those patterns are roughly predictable. So like the, the, the wave patterns essentially. So I learned, I, I should say, I didn't see, I didn't learn to do waveform math. I built an artificial intelligence that would start to do pattern recognition on them, on the waveforms. And I, had it learn what focus was. Hmm. So as essentially that's a pretty easy one because it's just like more, it's like higher amplitudes and at, at all frequencies essentially. Um, but the, the waveforms are really erratic. Yeah. So you can't just say more, more amplitudes. It's like you have to do a whole bunch of different predictive analysis on it. And I taught, well, I didn't teach, well, the AI taught itself, how to do this stuff because I did like, it was almost like an evolutionary thing where I would make, I would like pit it against itself until it got better and better and better. Like it knew the result that it needed to get to. And I would, I would make it get there. You kind of taught it to use the Socratic method on itself. Almost. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's it's, that's essentially what neural networks do is that kind of a thing. Yeah. But the benefit they have to us humans is that they're they a bajillion times faster. And they don't get tired as long as you feed them electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long <laughs> as it's on, it's going to keep going. So um, so then, wait, I'm not even done. So I, yeah. I, I built this AI to do this, and it would give me, um, I cannot think of the 
term for that right now. There's actually a term for the thing that I built. And if I could tell you what it was, like I, I can probably go over to my computer right now and open the paper up and I'll tell you right off top, like right up, it's like right up at the top, but, uh, I've been drinking. So, <laughs> um, but there's a term for it and I will remember, yeah. I, I, maybe I'll look it up on my phone while we're sitting here. Okay. Um, but then what it would do is it would give me like a number, like a value. And, and so I was, t- oh, it's, it's a classifier. It's like a classification okay. system. Yeah. And you can use that same thing. So like I only had one sensor and so I could only do classification on all the brain waves in your whole brain. Yeah. Like, cause I only got one point of input, but if I had multiple points of input, you can do triangulation and kind of figure out where mm-hmm. the things are coming from based on how strong it is. And it's, I mean, it's very small, small differences because it's just a sensor sitting on your skull through your skin. You know, like yeah. if I were to drill a hole into your head and put sensors in there, then I could be pretty accurate now, with it, but I'm not going to do that. I have some questions about this galvanic sensor. Well, hold on one second more. Okay. So I used that value that it would come out with and I used it as a control for a little robot that I built. So I could control this robot by thinking about it. Oh, cool. And that's what it was. And then the experiment after that came when I was like testing the thing to see if it was good enough. And I hooked my phone up to it, like with Skype. And then I would sit at my computer and watch through the robot's eyes and think about moving forward. And so then and I would drive it. That was essentially what the test was, is that if I could make like a telepresence device that I could move by thinking about it. Essentially, the idea was for people who have like, are like par- like quadriplegics, they can't yeah. move, can't get out of bed, they could still go out and have some sort of an experience. But the real end goal was to create something that would be for, say, somebody who's missing an arm or a leg, yeah. um, who I could put... Um, a robotic arm on them that was connected to say like a hat yeah, or something with sensors in it. And then they would be trained on how to use it. But essentially what would happen would be that they would then have just an arm. Yeah. You know, get up, put your arm on, put your hat on and away you go. Yeah. You know, on, I mean like, so after I graduated college, it, it, it kind of fizzled out because I couldn't get funding to do anything more. Like I didn't have enough money to buy in one of those really expensive, they're like $50,000, a real big, wow. like a real EG. And of course I don't have just 50 grand laying around. So, um, yeah. but, uh, I would probably need to get my master's degree if I wanted to go and work in like a clinic to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, I don't know if it's worth it to get my master's or not. So. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel you there. Now, it's crazy. I just watched a, you know the channel Vsauce? Mm. <laughs> okay. Bro, I met him, Mike. What? Yeah, Vsauce no. is Michael here. Yeah, dude, I met him and Adam Savage. Oh, this did you go a, to that, um, um, what was that thing? Brain Candy. Brain Candy. Yeah, you listen, you want to know what's really funny? I met Adam Savage and Michael Stevens from Vsauce yeah. because I, I went on an impromptu date with a dude. Oh, you have to tell the story now. So, yeah, this is actually an interesting, fun story. Um, so we are, <laughs> I'm, I'm like with a group of friends, like guys and girls. Um, and uh, before this, there's, um, I think it was at the Benedum Center downtown. And okay. there's like a restaurant, like right across the street that I cannot think of the name oh, of at all. Oh, is it Meat and Potatoes? Yeah, really I think that's what there. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good restaurant. And oh yeah, because it had the best freaking meat that I've ever put in my mouth. Amazing. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I just realized what I said. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, so we're over there getting getting like wasted. We're like we're like way too drunk at that point to, to be going out 
of the restaurant and we're like we're like we're gonna go and watch this science thing but so we had right. we had balcony seats so we were like fa- fairly confident that nothing says um science like public drunkenness yeah, exactly yeah so we're so we had balcony seats and we were like okay that's cool we're gonna be a kind of away from everything so nobody's gonna notice that we're all, all right. trashed you know what I so we walk in and um and I, I still kind of feel bad for the poor guy so he's we like walked in and we gave our tickets to the guy like at the door and we get to go we're in through the next door there through the little lobby area but where you're gonna get to go in to go to your seats yeah there's this guy standing there and he just, he looks so sad and he's like, he, he like, I think he talked to one of the, a couple of the girls in the group and said, you know, would you guys be interested in sitting in VIP seats right up front and going to a meet and greet after this? And, um, so all the girls that I was there with are all dating guys. So they were all like, no, you know, I'm good. I'm okay with that. And me, I'm drunk as hell. And I think I had smoked too. And so I'm like, I'm super fucked up, man. Yeah. And I'm standing there in this, and they're like, Josh, would you want to go and meet Adam Savage and Michael Stevens and go sit in the VIP seats? And I was like, oh my God, yes, I would. <laughs> you know? And so they're like, well, this guy's got it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so like, I'm I, I, immediately, that was the first thing I was like, well, all right, cool. Honestly, so, even if I was sober, I probably would have said yes. Yeah, and absolutely. not thought twice about it. Well, yeah. So I'm like talking to this guy and he, I, the look on that guy's face when I was like, yeah, sure. And, and he was just like. Okay. So man, I'll tell you what. We went and and uh so I bought him a drink, of course, you know, because <laughs> I'm a good date. No, but I bought him a drink because I was like like thank you for giving me this opportunity right, yeah. to freaking do this. We sat right up front. Oh, that's awesome. Right up so front. So you can make eye contact. Like oh, they yeah. remember your face after the show's done. Oh yeah. Yeah, like we were right up front there that's and awesome. um and it was really cool. The show was really good. And I talked to the guy and he was like some sort of engineer. And it turns out that he like set up a date with this girl that I guess like they were going to meet there. And they had that was like, like, I feel bad mostly because I think that he went really above and beyond thinking that like for a first date that he'd do something really cool. And yeah. this girl stood him up. And now <sighs> this like weird looking muscular dude comes up and is like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, bro. You know, and um <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and, but I mean, I sat there and I tried to get to know him a little bit. Like I learned that he was like a geological engineer or something like that. He did like geosystems and, 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 uh, mm. he told me a little bit about his job and he kind of opened up to me a little bit. But then, uh, when we went down to the VIP thing, he like cold shouldered me, mm. but I got to meet Adam Savage and Michael Stevens. And I asked them, uh, the most profound question that I could think of, which was at its most fundamental level is space time continuous or quantized so you're talking about is there like a does it, it just keep it, getting smaller and smaller right. for infinity or like does it end at the the, or Planck, the link. Planck link yeah, yeah essentially that which is plonk plank whatever I'm, I'm i think so i think my my conclusion actually they didn't know they were like i don't know that's Both a really good question yeah neither one of them had to get an answer Michael tried to try to, he essentially said what I, I eventually came to the conclusion of, which is it's, it's hard to answer that question at the quantum level because kind of both, hmm. you know what I mean? Kind of both and kind of neither. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the problem with quantum mechanics is that, um, yeah. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. So that, but I promised. I promised one of my friends that I would ask them a really good question, and that yeah. was the best that I could come up with. Um, yeah, so I got to meet Adam Savage and Michael Stevens by going yeah. on an uh, unscheduled date with a guy. Yeah. So you should never turn down dates with strangers. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's not really. That's not the. No, that's I probably not say. a good moral. No, I but. would say don't. Um, don't turn your back on opportunity. How about that one? That's a better one. I like that. Yeah. Even if it comes in a package that you're not used to seeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? In more ways than one. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah, I'm um, sure that's not how that guy thought that his <laughs> night was going to go either. No. So. <laughs> but I didn't know that they had a event in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. How... Dude, I've gone to a bunch of different cool events this year. Um, that's really... I went and saw Neil deGrasse Tyson. You did? Yeah, really? yeah. His show was actually really awesome. Um Yeah, he, it was like the the a scientist goes to the movies. I had to think. Huh. I had to think about it now. Um, yeah, because I've, I've gone to a bunch of really cool uh, lectures and and events this year. So they're trying to trying to go back through all of them. I can't remember yeah. which ones all I've done. He's interesting because he kind of burst onto the scene. I feel like recently, and he's such a huge personality too. That's why yeah. because he's not only smart but he's a great communicator. Mm-hmm. I, th- he's I think a good that's orator why. and he's very passionate. Yeah, and that really draws people in. Now he can be very opinionated, but I actually don't mind that. I kind of like that. He, so, yeah. well, I wasn't a huge fan of um, his latest Netflix series, but what his one original. He was like the he he had two Netflix series, basically about the same thing, mm-hmm. um, about like how amazing the universe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Cosmos was awesome. His new Cosmos, you see that. I don't know if I saw that oh one. My goodness, bro. gotta see it. It's so good, dude. I'm saying you gotta see the first one because with that Carl one... Sagan. No, 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 oh, no. Oh. He had. I was gonna say I totally seen that. <laughs> he, he had one. He had a series. It's on. It, uh, maybe they took it off Netflix, mm. but it was from a while ago. So like the graphics aren't up to par. But mm. he talks about a lot more uh, corner pocket science type of things and more interesting things that I had never heard people describe before mm. because. I think what tends to happen is, you know, you have these really big production shows and then the, who's ever producing them, they're like, yeah, I I know you want to talk about, you know, the whatever, like the the firewall theory of a black hole or like, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. And well, that's a good one. That's a, I, lo- I love reached, that one. You reached pretty deep for that one. I did that's reach one. pretty deep for that yeah. one. Um, but you essentially are going to lose 99% of your audience because people don't hmm. know what the heck you're talking about. So exactly. That's why we didn't so go any deeper right there. Yeah. Cause right. it's useless. <laughs> useless. Yeah. yeah. So they make it a lot more generalized to fit the masses. Yeah. And so, yeah. but that's what I liked his old one because it was a lot more, even though the production wasn't there, mm. it was a lot more interesting things like that. You know, if you like really specific science stuff, oh, yeah. you should watch deep sky videos. Deep Sky. Yeah. So there's Deep Sky videos. There is um, like Number File is, is a subset Number of Number really good. Number File uh, is like Nottingham University crazy. does all those. But it's actually the guy, a oh, guy okay. named Brady Haran. Periodic videos. Um, 60 Symbols is I think my favorite. It's the physics channel. Okay. Yeah. Those are my I favorite know, ones. I know Number File. They've done and some things on there that Computer are just like, File 2 is done by them. All, well, they're all done by him, I guess. Brady Haran, dude. That guy goes all over. The, I'm so jealous of that guy, man. He's yeah. They're going to like the South Pole Station and looking at the- Well, just be that the, good at something and you'll get to go yeah, around Yeah, I know, world, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, I've thought about applying just to be a cook at the South Pole Station just to get the chance to go there. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. I ain't got anything to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I like your attitude, though, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to lose. Just jump right in. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes you have to. Yeah. Now, speaking of jump, speaking of jumping right in, yeah. Uh, maybe it's taken a while, but I want to get into a little bit of 
you know, we're, we just got done with pra- uh, band practice like mm-hmm. an hour or two ago. And I want to talk a little bit about like what it is that you're doing, what we're doing. Sure. And aside from talking about what the project specifically is, it's it's really cool to see how you're finally kind of putting the capstone on these songs that you've written yeah. over a decade ago. Way more than a decade. I mean, some of these That's are crazy. Yeah. So I've got, <laughs> it's funny cause I was playing it down when we were downstairs cause I, cause I don't know if we're ever going to actually play that song cause yeah. uh, the, the punk scene in Pittsburgh just isn't super great anymore. It's hard to get shows, but mm. we can fit in with the metal shows with the stuff that we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm not too concerned with I it. I don't know if I'd want to go, maybe I shouldn't say this on the show, but <laughs> I don't know if I would want to go into the punk crowd because the whole punk. Well, I mean, I totally do. Cause I'm totally a punk. It's just, there's yeah. this, the it's, it's, there's the shows are fewer. And if there are more and, and anybody that's listening and you know about lots of punk shows, like totally send them to me because I love <laughs> going to punk shows. Um, uh, and also, I think because, like Dylan already does the pop punk thing on the other side. Yeah, and I think that it's probably a little bit better for us to focus. But let, let me—I'll talk a little bit more about it for people. The people. Well, that I don't think we're know. Too, we we so. like gear and we're too analytical to be in the punk scene. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> a little bit. I mean, well, I don't know. Yeah, my stuff can you is. Be, can you be a nerd and an audiophile and be in the punk scene? <clears throat> I don't know. Because I thought punk was all about that doesn't matter. Nothing matters, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nihilism at its best. Um, now, so I mean, so the, the the original project that these were a part of, were, we were definitely a punk band back in the day. Yeah. So that this this project is now called House of the Resistance. At least that's what I'm calling it for now. But we were talking about whether we were going to keep that name or not. Yeah. I'm not really sure. But the original name for it was... We're worse. all really easygoing, if you've not yeah. noticed. We're all like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Which is right. so interesting. Like, yeah. maybe other people would break no, up over, like, not picking a, a name that they all like together. But it's just like... Yeah. That's kind of the least... I mean, there's a band out there named Limp Biscuit that yeah, got that's famous. True, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. So the name isn't that <laughs> huge of a deal. It just needs to stick. Yeah. Is really the thing. But, um, so the original name was Worst Case Scenario. And that is a really good band name. Unfortunately, somebody else has taken it in the meantime. Mm. So I'm not going to be able to uh, utilize that one. But we were a punk band back in like 2000. We started in like 2001, maybe. Okay. Maybe even earlier than that, because it was like two guys that I, a couple guys that I played in a jazz band with, like when I was in like middle school. Okay. Yeah. Then when I was in middle school <laughs> and, um, so when this band started. People. Yeah. And then, uh, so the song riot which yeah. I was playing downstairs was on our first album, which okay. we released when I was 14. So that would have been like 2001. Okay. Like 2001 or something like that. Yeah. That would have been about there. And so that song was on there and then we picked up another guitarist. So we, 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 we wrote it again, um, with two guitars, which is the way that it exists now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been that, that's that long ago. I mean, that's like what, well, 2001, now, 17 years ago. Yeah, that would have been that. So that's the oldest song that's that's on this record. That's insane. Yeah, and the newest one is "Stand," and that's like even that's like almost 10 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, because I wrote that right around the time that I I was in like in the midst of writing the acoustic album. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got two projects going on right now. I'm recording two entire albums. Um. 
the one is the House of the Resistance album, which is the one that we've been work, working on the yeah. most uh, tonight. Um, it's like a, it's like a kind of like a heavy metal punk rock mix. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, well, I, I would even throw thrash in there too. Yeah, that's a little where bit the, of that. That's yeah. where the punk and metal, I think, mix meld together. Yeah, where where we because we play as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> um, uh, I can't think of anything to compare it to. Maybe Rise Against. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, well, because I don't really listen to anything like that. Yeah, I do. I like that kind of stuff. So that would be, I think, a pretty good comparison. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my stuff's a little bit. St- you're definitely on, on the heavier side. Yeah, I'm on the heavier side and more gr- groove mm-hmm. side. I don't know. I don't want to put myself in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the energy. Yeah. yeah that's, that, most of yeah, my that, stuff is really energetic. Well, I, I love the energy for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, so the other project that I have is speaking, because we're gonna, if we're going to characterize the music, yeah. the other music that I do is The Fading Light, which is my like acoustic project. I didn't realize that that had it. I thought that that was a ray from the sun. I thought that's what that. No, that's the name of the album. Oh, yeah, the fading light okay. is the is the is the it's a band name. Yes, yeah, so you, okay. you you should know this because you're in the band. I should have probably been more clear about this. <laughs> I uh, don't care. Just <laughs> we're all uh, easy going. Yeah, here. I know. Well, that's what because I have that flag on the in the basement. The fading light. Oh, okay. So that was cool. uh, the guy that used to play keyboard in my band. Um, made that for us. Oh, did he really? Yeah, That's we awesome. Played, we actually, so in the previous iteration of the fading light, we had, we were actually relatively popular in, in, at least in our home area. Like we even played the County fair. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So like we yeah. were, we were doing pretty good, man. We got paid a decent amount of money to do that too. That really? was awesome. Yeah. Like that was like, we were all, we were all like, they were, some of them were in high school and the, and the rest of them were like in college or just working. And I was just working in a restaurant. So we got paid like, Oh, we got paid a few hundred bucks to do that. Yeah. To play for like three hours. So we played like some of our, co- like some of our own songs and a bunch of covers. And, um, yeah, that was like super awesome for what us. What kind of time. songs did you cover? Oh man, we covered all sorts of stuff. So we did uh, with like, I didn't play acoustic guitar the whole time. I did for some songs and for some I didn't. But I mean, we even did songs like Follow Me, Everything Is Alright. Okay. You know that song? Yeah. We did All Star by Smash Mouth, oh, nice. you know, things like that. We did some Linkin Park. Um, oh, so you were like all over the pop We did like all scene. over, like all kind of pop music. We did some Goo Goo Dolls. Um, I played a couple Thrice songs, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah, like I threw some some Thrice songs, mostly because I wanted to keep it. Oh, I actually played a Boy Hits Car song. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that like that was actually, that was really cool. Um, yeah, so that, and that was that was the previous iteration of this band, but now I want to just focus on the originals and, yeah, uh, and get it out there. But, that's um, where I am. I, usually, I well. usually characterize it as like Matchbox 20, Goo Goo Dolls style, but I think that it's definitely evolved past that. Yeah, I get a lot of vibes. I get a lot of Goo Goo Doll vibes, but it's not that. No, no. There's it's 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 more know. it's more. I usually try to characterize it as uplifting. Yeah, I almost say, every song has that that the change. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the change. <laughs> almost every single song has the change. Well, I th- I think that. When I think of Goo Goo Dolls, I think of like, I think of the, man, but you're similar to that too. I was going to say the narrative, mm-hmm. that they, the, the story that they tell, but. I don't tell a, quite a story the same way. I'm a little bit more abstract with my lyrics. It's a little bit more abstract. And I think that, I feel <clears throat> like you take the listener on 
a journey more with the music mm-hmm. than whereas Goo Goo Dolls, they're taking you on the journey with the lyrics. Yeah. My lyrics so. are, it's more like a, the lyrics are part of the picture. They're not the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like what you're describing and like, I think Matchbox 20 would be the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's more like he's talking about something and then the music is take is like setting the, setting the mood. Yeah. I'm more like the lyrics are part of a painting that we're, that we're, that we're put, that we're painting together. Yeah. I guess, you know, like I want the, the, and, and that actually is character. It's, that's actually pretty characteristic of the way that I write too. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, because I almost always write the music first. Mm-hmm. And then the lyrics come later and the lyrics usually come from me analyzing what I've written in the music and trying to think about what it was that I was think- like feeling or thinking about, you know? So like most of, and almost all of it always starts with the guitar. Some of my music starts with the piano actually, mm, uh, especially cool. in the acoustic one, but, um, the acoustic song songs, but like, um, usually it starts with the guitar, um, Occasionally the melody will come out first, but no, usually never lyrics. Yeah. I don't think I've ever written lyrics first, except for, <laughs> I w- there was one song on Worst Case Scenario's first album that I wrote all the lyrics down and I was actually recording like demos so that my drummer could come up with parts. Mm-hmm. And I got to this song. I remember very vividly now too, I got to this song and I was like, all right, I'm going to record this. And I pushed record and I, pu- I looked at the lyric sheet and I was like... I don't have any music for this. And I was like, Oh crap. And I like turned it off and I was like, I need to write some music. For this song. <laughs> and so that, that's the only time I can think of that I've ever done that, but it's almost always the, the music first and it, and the music, like this is, this is actually going to be an interesting thing. Then I think I've told you about this before. Yeah. I have like a kind of synth, like a, like a synthesia. Synesthesia. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Synesthesia. Yeah. yeah I ha- so when music produces like, like, colors yeah for me so most of my songs move through a set of colors that i write the music to like different like sad chords or like shades of blue you know which is i mean that's that's a fairly common thing to yeah. for people you know you think the, well, you they think even of the say blues, i feel you know? blue i feel blue you know but there'll be there'll be shades of blue and then as i use a diminished chord it'll feel purple you know and i'm like mm-hmm. changing the shade and the hue and um you know, when, when we do those turnarounds from those like minors into the major keys, those are like a turn from like those dark hues of blue and purple to like bright yellows and oranges and stuff like that. Like that's what I see literally when I'm like writing this stuff. That's like how it feels. Huh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really interesting thing. And sometimes even I will get like, um, it's almost like watching a video when I'm writing these things. There's like, like, interesting. yeah. So that song, well, that song Fever Dream that yeah. I wrote is literally was like, it was like off of a trip, almost like a trip, but it was just a dream. It was mm. literally, it was literally a fever dream. Now, maybe a trip kind of, because like I, so I decided to take melatonin and NyQuil and I was gonna say- whiskey and I smoked a bowl and then I went to sleep. And also I was really sick. And that oh. was when I wrote that song. Cause I, and then it was literally when I woke up, I was like, holy crap that music was amazing. Yeah. And I went and I sat down and I, and sorry, I, can I'm not, am I allowed to swear? It's fine. Oh, and I sat down here and I, and I, and I recorded that song. Yeah. Like almost immediately. And I was like, Whoa, that was really cool. Yeah. And but, it is a very cool song, by the way, I'm a little bit jealous in the sense of like, I guess to each his own, 
I feel like it would make maybe the writing process a little bit more um, interactive for me if I had that like same synesthesia. Mm-hmm. But I wonder also if like I can relate to what you're talking about, but maybe I just haven't paid enough attention or I don't know. Just a little jealousy on my part. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I mean, so I try to <laughs> invoke, especially with the with the acoustic music, because I do those changes from the yeah. from the from the um, minors to like the melodic major and stuff like that. Where the and then I also u- utilize the the bands all in unison, and then I add in the little twinkly parts yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, those are all they're all that's all deliberate. Huh. Like it's literally there's like I do all that stuff on purpose. And then that's why everything, all the different instruments try to fit together like puzzle pieces too. in some of yeah. those parts, like it's all it's it's um some of those are are when I'm looking at the music, I'm, I'm, I'm like the sheet music. I'm looking for specific patterns to make. Yeah. Like I think that's uh, like I think they're interesting, especially with the rhythms. Yeah. Um, I'm also a very I'm, I'm a very rhythmic player. Yeah, you in are. In every, every instrument that I play, which is interesting. And that's like, so me playing the drums, like I was, I was only, I was taught how to play the drums in high school for the, cause I was on the drum line, mm-hmm. but like, I was never taught how to play like the drum set. And so I played drums in the Stellar Sons, but yeah. like I taught myself how to do that essentially. And it's just, I think I just kind of have like a natural rhythm, which is interesting yeah, well, I think and, so, and almost counterintuitive to me because of yeah. all the things that I know about how the brain works, but like... That so that that's an interesting thing to me because I can't explain where that ever like where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, honestly, I'm really excited about the project we're doing. Well, this this is super analytical and nerdy of me both to say projects, this. Both projects, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really excited about both projects we're doing just because the practice we had tonight and we had to play without our drummer mm. and we were so freaking tight. Yeah. I, I was thinking as we were playing the songs, I'm like, we're not playing to a metronome, and we're like. There's some like hard stops in some of the songs and we're like all coming back in on cue. Like nobody's rushing, nobody's mm-hmm. anticipating. Everybody's got, we all have good, we all have a good sense of beat. We have a good sense of beat. And I noticed that like in particular Dylan. Dylan's such a phenomenal musician. Dude, he's like, yeah. like you're playing like your solo part, like for that one song, um, Everything for Nothing. Oh, like that yeah, lead yeah. thing. Yeah. I was blown away by how quickly he got that because that was not an easy no, like, verse it, lead thing. No, it took me there. a little while to 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 learn that, and I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so, like when I, I showed it, I I only played it for him like five or six times, and he picked it up. And I was just like, "Holy crap, dude!" Yeah, I could have probably taught him that entire solo, and he would have played it flawlessly. But I know you can yeah. relate to me in this sense of like when you're grow when you're growing up and like trying to put bands together to find other musicians to play with. Well, first of all, the important thing is, is just finding friends to play with mm-hmm. and having fun. Yeah. But on top of that, like just trying to find other people that can play the stuff that you write mm-hmm. or like yeah. our, our peers, as far as like any of this stuff goes. And it, I just feel really blessed that like we've been able to get this. I mean, it's essentially you that's got it together, but like we've, yeah. we've all Don't kind of found all the credit, man. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. all kind of found each other and it's been like, it's made it so much more enjoyable because mm-hmm. we're all, I all feel like we're very much peers as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. You know, have they, that. you know, you know, you know what they say? If you, if you want to truly be successful, seek to make your idols into your peers. Mm. Yeah. And so like, well I, and, and, and I honestly think like, and I'm, and this, I don't want to flatter you too much, man, but like seeing you up there when you played the altar bar that one time, 
and when I oh, came out to see yeah. you, dude, Do you I was like, it was like the that was like the first time I'd seen you in a long time. I know. And I was like, I was like just overflowing with pride. I was like, oh my God, that dude, I'm like <laughs> friends with that guy and he's like making it. I was like so excited yeah. to see somebody that I know doing something awesome like well, that. Thanks, yeah. Man. Like, like high five again right for on. doing all this stuff that mm. you're doing. Like seriously, like I love seeing my, the people that I know succeed. I really do. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and I'm choosy about who I, I, I hang around too. Yeah. You know, I'm very particular about that. Um, and so I really mean it when I say that, like, I, I enjoy seeing my friends succeed because yeah. I, I very deliberately choose who my friends are. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And it, and it shows through too. And I do want to go back to that night because that was on my mind when we started the podcast. Cause I was thinking that's really where we reconnected and mm-hmm. started hanging out again after yeah. years. I mean, it was, it was at least 10 years probably that's since we had so seen each crazy. other at that point. Yeah. What, was it really? Yeah. I mean, like, so what the last time we would, I can guarantee you the last time that we would have saw each other would have been like the fall of 2006. That almost feels really weird to me because we've been hanging out so much since. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Just yeah, kind dude, of like. Seriously. And then, and, and the weird, the, the crazier thing is too, is that like up until we started doing this project, yeah. we weren't hanging out just like, we weren't deliberately hanging out. We were just going right. to the same places. Yeah, we were. We were yeah. showing, seeing each other at shows. Yeah. And I did, I invited you to that house party that one time, I remember. Did Which you, was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that was super fun. That was, that was, um, <laughs> that was when Colt was moving out. Yeah, dude, we, poor, I don't think he ever, I don't think he got a security deposit back, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah. So, um, I mean, that was a true metal basement show. Yeah. We were having mosh pits around the, the poles in the basement. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised we didn't collapse the house on ourselves. Yeah, it was epic. Yeah, it was good. That was a good, that was a good, uh, going away party for that house. Dude, there was, there was something very, um, there was fate aligning with mm-hmm. that because like you said, we hadn't seen each other yeah. in 10 years. And then we were, ra- we were randomly seeing each other at every show. Well, I guess we do like the same type of bands, yeah, but still yeah. like that was, I don't know. That was really cool. Well, no, it was just, it was nice to see somebody that I hadn't seen for a while. And like, I knew you were a good guy. Yeah. Likewise. You know? So yeah. And it was like, and we had, and, and it was, it was also cool to know, and I'll tell you this too. I still now, I still to this day, when I talk about you, I'm like, this guy's like the best bass player I know. Oh, thanks, like, yeah, man. Seriously. Like, well, and the thing is, it's hard to find good bass players. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's, I should say it's hard to find good bassists. It's hard to find. It's easy to find a, bu- it's easy to find somebody that can play the bass. Yeah. But it's hard to find somebody that knows the instrument. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a dedicated bass player yeah that's like what you do right yeah and there's not a lot of people that do that no there's definitely not a lot of people that well there's definitely not a lot of people that i would trust to play the stuff that i've written yeah. on the bass yeah some of that stuff is i mean i i, some I still of the, don't know if i can play fear you can but. do it man i believe in you <laughs> you can do it well thanks yeah if we have to if we have to fudge the the one the one little thing that's no we're, we're gonna get it yeah. we'll make it real yeah, but like, well, on the record, I had to record it at halftime and speed it up. <laughs> I had to double it because it was just, it's just too fast. It, I can't dude, it's that insane. fast. Yeah. I, I'm not a bass I'll, player. I just can, I can, I can, I, I'm not, I'm not a bassist, but I can play the bass. Yes. That's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you didn't do too bad, honestly. Like a lot of those lines, 
uh, I'll wind up playing exactly what you wrote because they're cool and they and they fit really well. But like the way the way I tell people that I think about bass and I think the real role of the bass is just to kind of hold down the groove. And mm-hmm. to me, the groove is that perfect marriage of rhythm and feel. It so it kind of like the bass in my mind. It kind of locks the drums, which is strictly percussion. Mm to what's going on melodically in the song. Yeah. Like you need an instrument to kind of... That's kind of how I use the bass too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of like glue, in a sense, it glues everything together and... Mm. Provides the foundation, literally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we write very similar in the sense of like, I like to use bass, bass in general to kind of like jigsaw and, and fit fit into the song so that you're kind of interweaving between like whether that's rhythms and mm. you're syncopating up with the drums or you're doing melodic things playing off of what the guitars are doing I, yeah. I just I love how the bass can do that kind of a thing and I think that you have to be in that headspace for a while to do to do that really well like yeah. the, the yeah. really good bass players that's why they're so good mm-hmm. is because they think of music in that way and that that can be a tricky thing yeah yeah, I like to do a lot of instruments playing back and forth on each other. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're nuts with I that. I do a lot of that. <laughs> uh, before we get too off, sure. Um, talking about other things, uh, just as far as like getting this project going again and kind of finally like, I, I guess like essentially like in completing these albums, we'll be like putting them down. I think I know what you're trying to get to here. Well, yeah, I do eventually <laughs> want to get there. But I guess what I'm saying is, uh, well, first of all, I just give you a lot of credit for, I think it'd be, I think it'd be really easy. I feel like you're blowing a whole lot of smoke up my skirt, man. Well, just wait till I, <laughs> just wait till I say what I say. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to, uh, whittle around to the part I'm trying, uh, okay. the best way of saying sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. But I think it could be easy for somebody who's worked on something for so long just to kind of give up on it or let it go or work on new things. Cause I've even felt that way about songs I've written that are nowhere near as old as some of the songs that you're putting together in this project. Oh. I feel like, like that one song vampire that yeah, I yeah. think that one is like six years old that I wrote. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it already doesn't, it already feels like too old, like to like finish, like finally or play live. It's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I have other things going on. Yeah. Like I have other songs that I'm working on now, so they it just winds up collecting dust and sitting in the closet of uh, the digital audio workstation. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I give you a lot of credit for like wanting to finalize the songs, finish it, finish it get it down on a recording, release it to the world, so you can move on. Yeah. And I think there's something very profound. How deep do you want me to get here? Dude, I want you to get as deep as you want to get with it. All right. But um So I'll get deep and I'll get a little bit literary for you. So have you ever read the Iliad? No, but I should. The Iliad, you should. You should. Um I mean that's the oldest poetic work. One of them, yeah, for sure. I can't remember which one's the actual oldest. Um Well the Iliad became came before the Odyssey, but I think that Beowulf was actually the first. Oh one of the okay. oldest literary literary works. Um but in the Iliad, um Hector of Troy and Achilles are speaking to each other and they, you know, Hector's essentially asking Achilles, like, why are we going to war? And, and he says, 
because I want to live for a thousand years. And Hector says, that's silly. You know, in a thousand years, not even the bones or dust of our bones will remain. And he says, but our names will. And so now the lesson there is that they're going to go to war and people are going to talk about that war forever. And I don't really, I'm not really much of a fighter. So what I take out of that lesson is attempt to do something great so that you can live beyond yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's part of what the music is for me. Um, it's part of what all of my artwork is really like, I don't do as much visual art anymore, but I still do. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about my AI art project too yeah, later. That's cool. Um, but like this music is essentially snapshots of my life over the past, what'd we say? 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, the beginning of the house of the resistance album, the, the like the pop punk side, was all written when I was in high school, you know, and every single one of those songs I can trace back to exactly a time and a place feeling and the people that I was with and, and everything like I can literally look back at my life and transport myself into, into something. And what that is to me as, and that's one of the reasons that I write the music the way that I do yeah. Like it, it, and that's like, that's important that I, that I do it that way because that's what it's supposed to be. I'm this, it's, a, it's just another way for me to communicate. Yeah. But for, for me, music is very, I especially try to write evocative stuff, like things that like evoke emotion, make mm-hmm. you feel a certain way because like, then you're feeling a certain way and you're listening to what I'm saying and suddenly you're there with me mm-hmm. and that's me. Yeah. You know, that's who, that's who I am is all through these years. Like you can literally look at who I've been and then you can get an idea of where I'm going with the new stuff that I'm writing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and I can get an idea too, you know, to get an idea of where you want to go, know where you've been. Yeah. So like, so you don't go back, so you don't go backwards, you know, essentially. So like, yeah, it's, so that's, it's important to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, for that, for that, that's the, that's the biggest reason that music is important to me, by the way, and art Hmm. too. And I think that that's one of the reasons that everybody should strive to, to, to to create something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be art, but you should make something, you know, at some point in your life to, to feel accomplished, to, 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 to live beyond yourself. Yeah. Essentially, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a piece of you that you can put out there and, 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 you know, people can, people can crap all over it, but it's, it's yours. Like you did that, you yeah. know, who cares, you know, just do it, you know? And if you care about it and you want it to be better and you want to get better, then you get better and your art does with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You yeah. don't, you don't, you don't get better at your art. You get better and your art comes with you Yeah, essentially. And that should be the way that you do everything. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, any kind of work that you yeah, do. That's great. Yeah. Um, man, I tell you what, I've been on like a three year long journey. Yeah. That is really, you know, I'm trying to get to know myself a little bit better, trying to figure out like all sorts of different crap that I think most people don't normally think about. But when you're, yeah. you know, I was in a long, I was in a long-term relationship that ended. I'm going to get super deep with you here. I hope you're ready <laughs> yeah. for this. And everybody, I hope that nobody cares that's listening to this. So I was in a long-term relationship with somebody that I lived with and who I honestly was very much in love with. Um, 
but I just don't think that we just didn't want the same things. Yeah. You know, we just, and, and, and it, it's hard to objectively look at that mm-hmm. and look at somebody that you really love and say, we're not walking the same path anymore. We can't do this, you know? And that was what I was saddled with. And I left and I like, I, it's like the, the, like a country song. I lost my girl. I lost my dog, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And, um, and then I moved down here and I was like, like I spent so long building a life with somebody else that I didn't really know what I wanted mm-hmm. anymore. And so I started there and I've, it's, it's like, it's led me to a lot of interesting places for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. I, get, I mean, but you, get, but I'm, but what I really mean is like introspection, mm-hmm. you know, you know, ask yourself things that make you uncomfortable essentially, you know, it's hard for people to do. It is. Yeah. Um, that's not, it's not easy for me to do either. Yeah. But I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a nerd. Um, but like the old, there's like the, the, it's like a Taoist principle of the enlightenment through struggle, which is why the Taoist temples are at the tops of mountains. Cause you have to climb to the top of the mountain and you're cleansed through your struggle. You know, you, 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 you achieve purity through your works essentially. Yeah. Um, but, well, to play off of that. Uh, but I mean, that's essentially what I've been trying to do. Like you ask yourself uncomfortable questions and, and you get better for it, you know, right. and you do things that you did that, that are hard yeah. because there's a payoff and not, you don't always get it right away. Yeah. Like you might have to work at it for, for 17 years and then, you know, you're getting ready to release it with, with good friends and, and do something good with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like. Well, we do have that in similar in the sense (laughs) that it's, and I love the way that you look at it too, because I have a tendency to be kind of pessimistic. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes I'll think like, man, I wish I would have done these things when I was younger. Yeah. But it's never too late. It's never too late. And sometimes, sometimes maybe a more healthy way of looking at it is, man, it took it took this many years of being just consistently working towards it for Mm -hmm. it to finally click together. Yeah. Like it took a long time of playing bass before I ever got a break before I ever, you know, got to that, even got to the playing level to be able to handle touring and doing that type of a thing. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. I don't think that as a, as a vocalist, I don't know how I'm ever going to tour. Yeah, I really need to get some get some work under my belt for that. Yeah, it's hard. I could play maybe a couple shows a week, but if I was doing one every night, man, by the end of that tour, that might be my last tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and that's I mean that's a, a pretty serious problem for vocalists because your your instrument is your part of your physiology. Yeah, and not only that, like you know me, dude. You think I'm gonna not? talk all day long right until the show no i'm gonna still talk everybody's ear off because i'm gonna be talking like this you know trying to (laughs) be over top of all the noise yeah yeah oh Oh. my goodness but um so i think I, i feel like i know where you were trying to go with that question so maybe i'll just preempt it i know you wanted me to talk about it well yeah i do want i do want you to talk about it um 
maybe I maybe I can set the maybe stage you can a little set bit. The stage for me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I think it's very. I have kind of. I don't a, know. I'm not going to get too super specific. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll I'll talk about as much as I need to. How about that? Yeah, that's that's fine. All I'll say is I have a unique perspective on probably most of your friends because I know you from before the incident <laughs> and after. Yeah, yeah. You've gotten so, actually. That's interesting because I don't have a whole lot of friends that knew me from before. Yeah, that you still have now. That I still have now. A lot of people left me. Yeah. Uh, so you you really got to see the change. I got to see the change, but at but at the same time, I think it was. I don't know. I think the the um, the friendship that we had before the incident, <laughs> or just playing in jazz band, like yeah. we we really enjoyed like hanging out with each other, and we yeah. were good friends aside from just playing music. But we yeah. were in college too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I guess what I, I guess what I want to say is that you know when your friends get into trouble or they have hard times, like sometimes the hard thing has such a stigma associated to it. Yeah, yeah. That like you forget that you forget that the people going through these hard times or maybe make bad choices. Are uh, there's still a person exactly like you? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how how deep I want to get with talking about the the psychology of all this either. But I I tend to think that like we both have the ability to be Jesus and Hitler in us. Oh, absolutely. At the same time, it's yeah. all about the choices that you make. Mm, yeah, I have a tattoo on my shoulder about that. Oh, really? Yeah. You never saw my tattoo, man. I don't know if I've. Yeah. I might have seen it, but. That's no, actually what does that the, that's actually the oh, that, car symbol, like okay. the logo. Yeah, yeah, and um, so this is going to be a huge aside, but <laughs> so Boy Hits Car for their first album, the the album insert had this big long story about a boy who was standing at a crossroads, and to one side there was a car that led to a road that would go to a nice big city, and the sign said Certainty, Acceptance, Security, and there was another sign that pointed to the forest, and. You know, it led deep and it got dark along the way. And the sign that pointed to it said, uncertainty, risk, freedom. And long story short, the boy chooses the forest. You know, he chooses that there's risk that's, that's, that, that comes with um, uncertainty, mm-hmm. but ultimately freedom is more important. Mm-hmm. You know, the freedom to, to be able to, to, um, guide yourself essentially yeah. i guess yeah 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 and so like the essentially the 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 symbol which is it's just a two-sided arrow is is it, it symbolizes the choices that you make yeah yeah the, really and and in that and in that instance it really chooses you you choose uh freedom yeah that's good i like because that. freedom is more important than acceptance yes yeah. i totally agree so i guess where i was trying to go with that was that I think because I knew you before and I was such good friends and I, I felt like I truly knew like the goodness that you had in you mm-hmm. that in spite of what happened, yeah, I just thought it's still Josh. Yeah. Yeah. He's still my friend. So 
So I'll, I feel like I have a pers- I, I feel like I have a unique perspective in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you definitely have a perspective that not a lot of people that I still talk to have. Um, I still talk to some of my high school friends, so uh-huh. there are definitely some so people. They're from way back, from before I even knew you. Yeah. yeah. Um, very few. Well, I wouldn't say very few of them, but a few of them. Um, and like, so I j- I just went to my one of my best friends' wedding that was from high school over the over the for the summer. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So it's not like it's, it's not like I don't talk to anybody from, from back in the old days, but I definitely lost a lot of friends. So yeah. let's just, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> so I spent two and a half years in the state prison in Pennsylvania. <gasps> oh, <laughs> big. Oh yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. So in, I don't want to get too deep into what, what exactly happened, but. Well, first of all, I want everybody to pause that's listening right now and think, would you have ever guessed that you would have heard those words come out of this person's mouth after all the things <laughs> that we talked about before? Because uh, I don't, I don't think. Well, don't always uh, judge a book by its cover. Exactly. I guess, that's right? all I want to say with yeah. that. So, well, I, I don't know. I guess that would be the opposite message that I want in this, in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I seemed like a nice guy, but guess what? No. Um, Oh, that's funny. Um, anyway, so uh, what was it like? Two that was two thousand six. I act like I don't know. It's just because I'm trying to be coy. Um, yeah. yeah, it was two thousand six. I um, took some personal vendettas with some people, and I really went about it in the wrong way, in a really bad way. Mm. Involved involved guns, involved some threats. It's all really deeper. I really want to get with it. To be honest with you. Um, and it involved a girl too. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was just talking about this with some very similar to this with, with some, with somebody recently. Um, at the core of it, like my twisted mind thought that I was fighting for her. Yeah. You know, like, but in reality I was just being like this crazy ex-boyfriend that, that, that was like, threatening dudes, you know, at that point. Yeah. You know? Um, so one of the things that I got to learn from that experience was, I mean, at, at least at that point was how to let go. Yeah. You know how, well, uh, it really, really a big thing. And, and this is a very more recent thing that for me to put it this way. And it took me a long time. It took me, a, it took me not just two and a half years sitting in a prison, rotting in a cell, but well, it's not really all I was doing. I'll, t- I'll get more into that later. But like, um, it, I mean, it took me even years. It took me years and even dating somebody else and living with them and having a dogs with them and like, and, and thinking that I'm going to live my whole life with somebody else before I really understood a- about this other person that you can't hold on to things that don't serve you essentially, you know, don't hold on to things that aren't productive for you. If it's not helping you, it's, it's not worth it. You know? So I had this, I had this conversation with somebody recently where they, somebody was joking about like, you know, you gotta, you know, you know, you do the thing that, that some girls do where they're like, you gotta fight for me. You know, you're not even going to fight for me, you know, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I like took it way too seriously and I don't think they understood why. And like, it was like, like I've done that before and 
it really didn't work out for me. So, right. you know, um, but you've actually done that before. Yeah. Like I've really, like I've really done that before. And I like, I've known plenty of people then while I was in there that had done not just what I had threatened to do, but completely done it. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, like it gave me a lot of perspective because I was going home mm-hmm. and they were not. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they could not keep me longer than three years. These guys were there forever. They were there till wow. they died, you know? And, um, so I learned some things. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a, it gave me a real kick in the butt to while I was there to want to do more with myself than just, you know, like I didn't take college seriously when I was at Clarion. Mm-hmm. Like I went to my classes most of the time. <laughs> um, I didn't really study, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't care. Like none of it, yeah. it, it, it was just like, I was just like, just there, I guess it was just existing. Um, so, so I'm sitting in, 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 in jail. And so I started reading books like prior to that, I wasn't really good at math. So I went to the library there and I checked out a book on calculus and I just did calculus problems until I got good at them. You know, like that was one of the first things I did. And that was actually where I started to really cultivate. Now I've always had like a passion for like science stuff. Yeah. But like that was where I really cultivated my passion for physics. Oh, and okay. that was where it was because I had the time to sit down and really try to understand the mathematics behind it, what all the stuff was doing and all that stuff. Like I had all the time in the world and that was what I did, you know? Huh. So I did that. I took a, ca- a class in AutoCAD. I got state oh. certified in AutoCAD engineering. So like I have, I have that certification. I got a certification from Penn state for, um, fiber optic cabling. Mm. Yeah. I took those classes and, uh, I actually, when I was there, I, I, I got a guitar and actually if, the, if I, if I grab this guitar, that's right over here, this black acoustic guitar yeah. it still has my inmate number inscribed on the back of it. Really? Yeah. So yeah. You want to see it? Yeah, sure. I do. Here, right, oh, right here on the butt. You can see it here. I'll it to you. Don't play it. That guitar is horribly out of tune. <laughs> Crazy. You yeah. were a number. I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see if that falls over. Um, yeah, so, um, so I learned a lot while I was there. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't know. I would say that I was definitely part of the 0.001% of people that were there. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that were there were going back, even if they got out. Right. Yeah. None of them, none of them learned a thing. Um, but I don't blame them. Like I really have seen the inside of what the industrial prison complex is. And had I not had the will and a good support system, which I talked about earlier, I had a really, I'm lucky to have a good family that didn't say, wow, that adopted kid went to prison. We don't want nothing to do with them. My parents came down almost every week to see me. My grandparents would routinely come down. I had aunts and uncles that would come and see me. I had cousins that would come and see me. I actually, one of my friends from high school did, did come and see me when I was there. He was the only one. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, I was in his wedding a couple years back too. Yeah, so we're still friends. He's still one of my best friends. Okay. We only, I think we only talk like twice a year. Yeah. He were like, we're like friends like that. We've always kind of been friends like that, but it's like, it's, 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 you have people like that in your life too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you only talk like twice, maybe three times a year and you only see each other like once every couple of years, but it's like, nothing's changed. It's like, you just picked right back oh, up yeah. where you left off. Yeah. yeah. He's like my best friend. And if I ever get married someday, he'll be right there at my wedding too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No questions asked. Um, yeah, he can, so he came to see me too. And, you know, and I learned, I learned a lot about, and, and that's been a theme now, especially recently, like learning what's important to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was definitely angry and bitter over the whole thing for a long, long time. Um, Interestingly, so, so, so long that, uh, so the last song on the acoustic album, I, I, I didn't start writing until a few years ago. Um, but it still doesn't have all the lyrics yet. I'm still working on them, but it's, uh, and I, I guess I'll just talk about this because it's an interesting story. Um, so I held on to the bitterness from this whole ordeal for a long, long time, um, and I mean, the tinges of it still come up every once in a while, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not every, I mean, it's not easy to, um, you know, last year I tried to go on a vacation to Japan and I got denied entry yeah. and I, I had to that. get sent home. Like I, and I'm still actually suffering financially from that. You yeah. know what I mean? And they, and they denied me entry because I committed a crime when I was a teenager and I was 30 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and I mean, if you look at the things that I've done since then, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just seems so insignificant. Right. You know, like I have, I've gone, I've gotten so far uh, above all of that, you know, like I'm not just some criminal trying to get in to your country to do, I don't know what they could have possibly expected me to want to do. I just wanted to to go and drink some sake and (laughs) like see the Japanese countryside. But, um, uh, like, so I want to say two years ago. So the girl that I was dating at the time that was essentially the, the at least for me, the central character of the whole, the whole ordeal. Um, I, um, I was at my parents' house and I was cleaning under my bed because, you know, I was getting ready to buy this house and all that stuff uh, and I figured that I could move some stuff down here. And I found the class ring that she gave me when we were in high school and we were dating because mm. we were, we were dated in high school and then we, you know, we went to Clarion and then a bunch of shit happened, but, um, <laughs> of course it did. But, um, so I found the, her class ring and I thought that it would be appropriate to give it back to her. And, uh, that act, actually that action was, was really significant for me. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was for her. And I mean, that was part of it was that it, it didn't matter. Like I wasn't giving her her ring back for her. Right. I was giving it back for me. Right. Essentially. And that sounds super like cliche and kind of like hallmarky. Yeah. But, uh, it like totally was, um, I, I, I wanted the closure and yeah. I wanted to be able to say, I don't, I don't need to be angry about this anymore, you know? And, 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 and that's, that's tough realization to come to. Um, well, cause sometimes, and I know Lacey has talked about this before in her story mm-hmm. is that sometimes the hurt 
or the anger or just, I mean, she talks about being addicted to sadness yeah. and where like it was. Oh, boy, a, do I understand that statement, G. Yeah. yeah. Where like, and it sounds, it sounds almost crazy, but like it can become such a normal thing mm -hmm. that if you don't have it in your life, something feels off. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me, I know plenty of people that are like that. Yeah. You know, people that have, they're, they're sad and they're upset and they're stressed about everything. Mm -hmm. Every little thing is just awful and it's the end of the world and it's, you know, and it's, it's the worst. And it's just like, she's got to calm down and assess rationally the things that you see in front of you and start tackling them one by one. Really? Mm -hmm. That's like, I did not, I'm, we're not sitting here in this house right now because I was overwhelmed and didn't make anything happen. Right. You know, like I, I messed up big time. And, uh, when, when I walked out that door, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. And it was, it was hard. Boy, was it hard. Like I worked as a dishwasher for, like, I didn't have a job for a little bit when I first got home and I worked as a dishwasher for at least six months. Just dirty washing the dishes part-time. That was all the, you know, but I was, I mean, I was living with my parents luckily. And that was what I'm talking about where I had a good support system because not everybody can do that. Right. You know, like I, I, I totally understand some of these guys where they get out and they have literally nothing and they're homeless and then they get arrested because they're just selling drugs again. Like what the hell do you think they're going to do? Right. They got to make money somehow. They got to eat. They're going to die. So like, I, I kind of, kind of understand, don't agree with it, but I kind of understand like, you know, so depends, I guess it depends on what kind of drugs you're dealing. So, <laughs> um, um, but, uh, yeah, like. Uh, I, I, I was mis I, like, I was still miserable. Like I felt like I'd lost everything. And I mean, in a way I did. So like even further when I was first arrested. So to give you some background on, on me, like, and, and the, how much I really like my family, my grandfather on my mother's side was like my best friend. And I looked up to him with every fiber of my being. And I loved that man as much as I possibly could. I did this stuff and I went to prison and within a month of me being arrested and being held on bail, he died. Oh my gosh. And he never even knew where I went. You know, like, I guess, I guess if I, if I don't, I guess he asked for me and they just said, you know, he's, he's at college. He can't come home. You know, they just never told him. And then he passed away and I never got to say goodbye. Like they wouldn't let me out to go to his funeral or anything. Um, and so that was it, you know, and I won't ever get closure for that. So, um, you know, if, if anybody wants to know if, if I felt like I was punished enough, yeah, sure. I definitely was that, that would have been enough for me. I definitely had learned my lesson at that point. Yeah. Um, but I sat there for another two and a half years. Um, well, not just sat there. I definitely, I went through the whole, the whole freaking gamut yeah. you know like i sat in the i really i rotted in the county jail for a while which is the hardest hard time i'd sit in the state prison for years before they'd let me sit in the county jail for months really oh my god it was so maddening there's nothing to do man you think you know i'll tell you what you think that it's nice some people i should say because i don't i hate it i obviously hate it look at all the crap i do but 
some people are like, man, I would love to just be able to sit around and do nothing all day. Man, you do do that for like a week straight and <laughs> you will totally change your mind. And I did it for like nine months while I was in the state, like the, the, the county jail. When we went, when they sent me to the state prison, I was like, it was like a godsend because they had like, they had you on a routine and you had to do stuff. Like they would make you go and do classes and they would like try to classify you to send you to your home. Oh my, oh my God. So much better. Mm. Yeah. Cause I actually had something to keep my, keep my mind occupied. Yeah. You know? And then finally, when I got my guitar, that really helped a lot because I started to hone my skills. I was learning. I was just like listening and learning songs off the radio and people would like, people would like give me stuff to learn songs and play it for them and stuff like that. Yeah. It was cool. Um, huh. um, but yeah, uh, it took me a long time to, to get past that. And I'm not really even still past that. Like I just, I read that one of the songs on the acoustics album is called 10 years. You know, yeah. you know what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's literally about the thing that happened in Japan, but I mean, it's more about this, that like, when, like, when was it going to be enough Yeah. to be, to be done with it? You yeah. know, like I've like, what else, what the hell else do I got to do to, to get this past me like that. I don't even recognize the person that I was then. Yeah. Like I can, I can literally, and that's part of the, the, the comeback full circle too. We were talking about how I can, that my music is like a snapshot of my life. Yeah. Like, like very literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like I can look back and I can recognize, or I guess like I can see who I was and it's not who I am now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that, and that, uh, is very apparent. Like I can actually, I I've joked about it, but like literally I've been like four or five different people. Hmm. Very, very distinct people yeah. that acted very specific ways and believed very specific things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to be a very super straight edge guy and I was just complaining earlier that I'm a little bit drinking too much and I'm still, cause I haven't stopped, but yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like I was super straight edge and there was no rationality behind any of that. Right. It was just a set of rules that you, you set on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and since then, like my rationality has gotten better. Like I try to understand why, right. Why do I, why do I stand for the things that I do and why do I do the things that I do? And if somebody does something that wrongs me or that I'm hurt by, why do I, why do I act the way that I do? Mm -hmm. You know, what, is the purpose behind it. Um, and in that instance, like I, I can definitely recognize that I felt powerless and I wanted to feel like I had some sort of control. And a lot of the things that I've done through my life, I did, I was a bodybuilder for almost a decade, you know, and that was the pursuit of control over my body, you know, and now over the past three years, I've pursued control over my, my brain essentially, you know, trying to overcome depression. And, uh, yeah, like it, the interesting thing is, so like I got my body under control really well, mm -hmm. but the thing that I found with my brain is sometimes it's not like you don't, you don't get to have the control all the time. Like the, you, you, you don't, you don't control what your brain does. It just does. You control what you hold on to and what you let go of. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. So like, I choose now to let go of that. Like I, I, I gave her a ring back. Yeah. I can let go of that. 
I literally, I very, I physically literally yeah. let go of that. Like that was very, it was a very symbolic gesture for me, Yeah. but it was very significant because that was very like, I can, I'm literally letting go of this thing that happened between us. I, like I, I don't harbor any ill feelings towards you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as you were talking, I had kind of a light bulb moment mm-hmm. or I just never had thought about it in this way before, but really you can, you can put your energy in life into, into two different things with like the way you attack things mentally. And the one way is you just are constantly working to try to set up your life so that you don't ever have to face anything that disappoints you or Mm -hmm. lets you down. Yep. And which is just maddening because there are situations that are always going to come up that don't fit Mm -hmm. what you want. Yep. Or you could just accept what comes and put your energy into how you react to it. Yeah. And I've definitely been been guilty of the former too many times. Yeah. So like, have you ever heard about, you know, fighting a cheater? Fighting a cheater. Fighting a cheater in a fair fight, essentially. No. Somebody who usually cheats me. and you fight them and, and, and they have to fight fair and you're going to beat them every time because you've had to oh, struggle true. against the things and learn the things that they never oh, true. did. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was because I used to do martial arts too when I was younger. Um you could always tell the people that kind of just act their way through that didn't actually have to take the struggle, man, I've taken some freaking hard hits and, and I learned how to block when I got punched in the nose, <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that, you know? And that was like, I talked about the Taoist thing earlier, yeah. you know, st- st- the uh, enlightenment through struggle yeah. kind of a thing. And, you know, that's not to say that you should seek to be, um, constantly struggling. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not what I mean. It's not like you should enjoy being in awfulness and destitution or whatever, you know, like that's, that's not, that's certainly not what that means. It means that sometimes the lessons that you learn are difficult, but those are the most valuable ones because you learn the most. Yeah. You know, the things that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm trying to think of a good example I don't know. I'll think of something eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been, I mentioned this in one of our previous podcasts, but I've been diving into Jordan Peterson's new book, that 12 yeah, rules for life. I haven't re- read it yet, but I would like to, one I do the, like his stuff actually. Yeah. yeah he's really intelligent. Um, good, good, good sociologist for sure. Yeah. He gets a little bit out of my wheelhouse every once in a while where I don't agree with him, but I mean, I guess that's everybody. Yeah. I do that with everyone. Uh, in his book, I think it's in chapter one, maybe even the foreword. He gets pretty quickly into Taoist principles. I think that's kind of what what he tries to guide everything around to just the idea of yin, yin and yang mm-hmm. and one representing order and chaos and how to really be in the center of like your destiny purpose, living life to the fullest is balancing, like having one foot in chaos and one foot in order at the mm-hmm. same time and just yeah. balancing. It took me a little while to understand what he was talking about when he said that, but I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what you're talking about. Essentially. essentially yeah. It's the, um, well, how about this? So when yeah. I, when I'm playing some of those really crazy runs in those solos that mm-hmm. I wrote, like if you, if you're constantly cheating, I'm not, I'm like, if I constantly cheat and I, and, or I don't practice them, I'm not going to be able to play them. And then when we, if we ever, if we get a gig, I'm going to go up and I'm going to embarrass myself and I'm going to be the only one that's to blame. 
Right. You know what I mean? Because I didn't put the work in yeah. and I didn't struggle through it. Yeah. So like as a bodybuilder, when I wanted to go and step up on stage and I wanted to look my best and I wanted to walk home as a winner, like that was what I had to keep in mind every single time I was working out. And like when I was sitting in a prison cell and I wanted to go home and I wanted to prove that I wasn't the person that everybody thought I was, I had to think about that every single day. And I had to think about what am I going to do when I get back? And when I'm, you know, and then, and, and now when I'm sitting here working on music, it's like, you know, what are, what are people going to think? How am I going to leave that legacy behind? What's this snapshot of my life going to look like? You know, is this, am I going to live for a thousand years or am I going to fade out? Yeah. You know, and I don't, you know, and regardless of whether anybody even hears it, it still exists and I'm still out there, you know, that's what's important. Well said, man. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting really super philosophical here. Like I don't, I I, don't. That's great. Well, you know how much we both love talking about this. We've done, we've done this before. (laughs) So yeah. And I mean, I could talk about my recent transformative experiences, but I don't know what kind of content you're looking for on your podcast. (laughs) Maybe we'll save that for the next one because we have gone on pretty long. Really? What time is it even? Let me see. I don't even want to look. Oh my goodness. It is pretty late, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty late. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. That's when the good conversations happen, though. Mm-hmm. This is too. Yeah, like, this has been pretty pretty cool, man. Like to, it has to, been. Yeah. to just sit here and and, and talk, capture talk. a conversation. Yeah, um, I totally would do this again for sure. Oh, we um, totally should. We totally should. Uh, I'll come down. I'll come down to your place next time. I mean, I would totally do the thing where um, everybody's sitting around the table too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always up for that kind of stuff. You know how I like that kind of stuff. Dude, I love it. I love it. And you've got a lot of interesting perspective on things. And so I'd love to, I'd love to dive in deeper about any of these things we've talked about. Yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome. Um, I guess before we go, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote, whether it be your own music or anything else or... Um, where people could find out more about you or anything like that. Well, I mean, you can look at me, uh, you can look me up on Facebook. Um, you can look me up almost anywhere. If you look up my name backwards, it's like, I, I always pronounce it Naradasaj. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's how I pronounce it, but it's Narodasaj. N-A-R-O-D-A-U-H-S-O-J. It's like Joshua Dorn backwards. Completely. Okay. Um, and you want, you, you want to hear the little, a little bit of a story about that? Yes. Yeah. So when I was in high school, actually the guy that I was talking about, the one that visited me, and the other guy that I went to his, to his wedding this past, this past summer, um, when we were in high school, we had this, this, um, history class and we were all in together and very specifically the teacher told us once class is over, you guys can talk to each other, but I don't want to be able to understand what you're saying. In other words, he was saying, talk quietly. Yeah. But we took it very literally, <laughs> and so we in, we we quote unquote invented a language that was just English except backwards. Like the entire the entire every anything that you were going to say, you had to think out completely and then say the whole thing backwards. So if it was like a whole paragraph, you had to oh say the whole thing gosh. backwards. Yeah, it was like stupid and ridiculous. But we actually learned how to talk like this to each other, <laughs> and we would like scream at each other across the classroom. Yeah, the teacher hated us. Um, that was also where I came up with Hot Dog Man, the cartoon. I remember and that. that. And that is like, that's actually, that was where my start for my like weird obsession with like hot dogs and hot dog art came from. Because <laughs> I have that hot dog painting in my living room. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it actually. What, really? It's like yeah. a hot dog with like legs and a big beefy arm and he's holding a beer and he has like a Hulk Hogan mustache. 
so random. Yeah, one of my friends drew it uh, or painted it. It's like an oil painting uh, for oh like gosh. a like a Christmas party, like a white elephant party. Oh my gosh! And as soon as I got it, I was like, I'm totally keeping this. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where that came from. Yeah, was that now? Now it's like anywhere you look, if you see that username, it's it's almost definitely me. Okay. Yeah, because it's never taken anywhere. <laughs> yeah, because nobody. Yeah. Um. So that, yeah, like uh, you can look me up anywhere there. Definitely look up my band, The Fading Light. I'm on Facebook. I'm on. Um. I have. Oh, and actually, I can get into this just a little bit. You can look up the House of the Resistance too. I have a website, yeah. and I've got and um and I have a Facebook page for that. Where and my SoundClouds. Which yeah, are of, of the same names. Yeah. The Fading Light and House of the Resistance. Um, but for The Fading Light, actually, I did um, a music video this this past summer. Right. Or maybe it was in the fall. I think it was like the late summer. It was so, oh my God, it was so hot that day that we filmed it too. Was it really? Oh, geez. You can see me sweating in the video. <laughs> yeah. So we did this music video that, um, so I did a cover of a song by the 1975. It's a song called Me. And... Um, it's it's a heavy song. Like the lyrics are pretty like, they're pretty straightforward about what he's trying to say, and yeah. uh, the song is essentially is 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 about like a broken family and suicide, and so I recorded this song in my own style. Like I redid it in my own style, and um, it's got a cool card like acoustic guitar solo in the middle, mm-hmm. of course, um, <laughs> and uh, um. So I, I, I released this video and the song, everything, and I'm just, I just have been accepting donations uh, for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, because that's a, I mean, through the, after everything that I've talked about tonight, you can guess that that's not, that that's probably a, a subject that's crossed my mind a few times. Yeah. You know, um, I've been through some interesting things in my life. Um, and one of the things that, and especially it's one of the things that I, that I tried to do with the video is, and I do it with my acoustic music too, those, those turnarounds, the uplifting turnarounds, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a, that's a pretty good metaphor for my life. Mm-hmm. That like melodic minor to like major thing. Yeah. That's a pretty good metaphor for my life. If yeah. anybody knows music, they know pretty much what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's okay to seek help. It's okay. It's okay to feel sad. Like it's okay to be like upset about things too, but you can't, you can't let it control you. Yeah. And if you need help and if you need medication, like if, if you really need it, like I'm not going to, I, 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 uh, that's a whole different subject. I'm not super fan of psychotropic medications anymore, but like if you need it, you need it, you know, go get on it, go to a therapist. You know, if you're thinking about hurting yourself especially don't it's not worth it at the very least find something else to focus on yeah and at at your best go to a therapist and talk out what you're thinking and talk out what you're feeling and learn to learn to identify what these feelings are and (laughs) this is going to sound really weird but when you're having like a super negative thought especially something that's like suicidal or it's, it's scary, but you got to know that, and I say this from understanding like neuroscience, that that thought's not real, but you are real. Mm-hmm. Like you is, you still exist, but that thought is just a fleeting moment 
getting brought up by your brain that's wired the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's okay. And it's okay to feel scared of it, but know that like you can get through it, you know? Reach out to somebody. There's there's a suicide prevention hotline. I don't have the number in front of me. I can find it and read it off if you want me to. Um, or we'll provide it later in yeah. the link. Um, you know, there's a suicide prevention hotline. There's there's friends. And I mean, like, look, like I might not know you, but like, you just add me up on Facebook if you're feeling bad. Talk. Like, I'll I'll try to talk to you. I'm pretty busy. I don't care. You know, <laughs> like, I, I it's it's a, it's a thing that really means a lot to me, and. Um, I really don't want to, 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 to hear more about that. You know, I've had, I've had, I've, especially uh, the veterans, like I've had, I've had more people than I want to admit that I know that are veterans that have killed themselves. Wow. And, um, but not even just them, but the, 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 the rate is much higher among them. Um, talk to somebody, Yeah. you know? More, more people care than you think do mm-hmm. about, you know, and I've had to remind myself about those same types of things when I'm sitting right here trying to work on my stuff. And I reminded myself, like, you wanted to do this with me. Dylan wanted to do this with me. Yeah. Matt wanted to do this with me. And it gave me, it gave me some strength to keep, to keep going and keep wanting to do this. Cause it's, it gets discouraging sometimes when oh, I do, dude. when I do, when I've done my 300th take of a yeah. guitar solo and I can't hit the freaking notes, you know, stuff like that. And, and I'm like, this isn't even good. Nobody's going to want to listen to it anyways. You know, that's yeah. the thought that goes through your head. And that's, and that's just a, that's just a simple, stupid, petty example that can be a hundred times worse when somebody's thinking like, well, nobody cares about me. I'm worthless anyway. Like, no, you're not like not to get too deep into the philosophy again, but man, this, this machinery up here is a freaking miracle. Oh, it's amazing. And the, the amount of connections that are in your brain are so vast and so interconnected and so complex that no copy of you could ever possibly exist. You're unique and you're special no matter what you think, you know, and not, not in the, not in the, the snowflakey way, but like, you know, like the, like, like literally there will never, there could statistically not be another one of you. Yeah. And that's, that's worth preserving. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, so just keep that in mind and talk to someone, get your feelings out work through it, ask yourself the hard questions and, 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 and you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I see, I'm like, I seriously, sincerely feel that, you know, get the medication that you need. If you need it, talk out the things that you need. If you need it, don't ruminate over it. Don't expect, you know, like that. Oh man, I'm getting really deep again because we wanted to quit, but <laughs> like, let me, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. But like, like I'm only trying to speak from personal experience and what I know and what I understand about the brain. But like, I I know a lot of people that say like, I'm just feeling sad or depressed right now. Just commiserate with me. And it's so hard for me to do because I know that probably the last thing you need is to be commiserated with. Mm -hmm. You need me to say, look, why are you feeling the way you are? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Is it really important for you to feel that way? You know, are you really feeling that way? You know, when somebody says they're anxious, like you're not anxious, you feel anxious. Those are really different things, mm. you know, and a lot of people like 
they don't, they don't, they don't know the difference, you know? And that's like a, it's like a separating yourself from your feelings kind of a thing. Mm. Understanding that when you feel something, it's just your body releasing hormones that make you feel a certain way, Mm. you know, like it's triggering certain responses. You feel your chest tighten, you feel your stomach, quote unquote, stomach in your throat, you know, you feel your, um, your heartbeat faster, you know, stuff like that. Like your body is telling you something and you can say, whoa, body, hold on. What are you telling me, man? Mm -hmm. And then if it's, if it's not, if it's not anything specific, you can just say, oh crap, my body's doing something weird. We got to go and try to calm down. But a lot of people, they don't, they don't, they don't, I shouldn't say they don't make that connection. They don't separate that connection. That's the hard part. And that was, that's something I struggled with for a really long time Yeah, was doing that. And that was what ultimately really helped me understand my depression and my anxiety. It didn't fix it, not by a long shot. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to suggest that this is going to fix anybody, but it definitely helps you manage it. You know, like you and I understand that like some days I'm going to feel depressed and I'm going to feel like the whole world is coming down on top of me and nothing is going to go right. And I know from experience that if I entertain those thoughts, they're going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, a, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I don't like that yeah. term very much, but like, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the old hippie adage, you know, like if you bring negativity, negativity will come, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, like, I mean, you just said earlier, like this thing between our two earlobes up here is so powerful. Yeah. And how you can essentially reprogram yourself too, which is actually super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's called I mean, cognitive it's, behavioral therapy. We were working, we were talking about that earlier. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's no wonder that like it can be our greatest enemy because it is so powerful. Oh yeah. And it's very easy to, to get it, to get it fine tuned the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once it does getting it untuned is very difficult because all well, it take 21 days to break a habit. Yeah. 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 The, that's a, that's a lot <laughs> you know of consistency. What? I, just, I just had somebody lecture me about that earlier today too. You know what? Because, <laughs> You're going to get it from me too. <laughs> yeah, I know because like, it was like, I was talking about prepping. I like prep my food for two weeks cause I was trying to get in better shape. Yeah. And then I fell off on the third week and he oh, was that like, was well, that was the week that you needed to do it. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I know you're right. But yeah. So, um, I mean, th- yeah. it's not that long, but to be consistent, it is, is it's a long time when you're doing, when you're yeah. used to doing something else. When it, it well, five it minutes is, can yes. feel like a long time when you're doing, when you're right. used to doing something else. Like I quit, I, I started smoking for a while. I thought I was, I was like starting to get hooked on it. And, um, man, when I first, when I, when I decided actually one, so one of my friends got re-diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I don't need to be smoking cigarettes. I'm done with this. Oh, you were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but I was just like, is it really worth smoking these and this person just got diagnosed with cancer. Like yeah. that could be not only, not only could that be me, but I mean, I felt that felt dirty. That felt rude for, for me to know that. And this person is young too, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they're just thankful to be alive and being able to get over this. And here I am tossing my shit out the window. Yeah. You know, what a waste why would I do such a thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I literally, I tossed him in the trash. I was like, I'm done. 
That's a really weird yeah. way to say that. And I just tossed them right. I, seriously, I had like I had like three quarters of a pack of cigarettes left, and I was like, "Screw this!" I tossed them out. Yeah. And it was tough at first. I was like really craving it for a while. I was like, "Oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do." Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It took it, that. It wasn't that bad because I wasn't really quite hooked yet. But I've re- I was really getting cravings towards like at first. Hmm. Yeah, it was not good. I I could recognize that I was getting starting to get hooked. Because I was like, I'm sitting at work and I was like, oh man, I could use a cigarette right now. And I yeah. was like, oh no, what's happening to me? Yeah. yeah. It's really, and it's so strong. And that was, and it was just like, I, I ended up, used to, I, that was just a chemical that programmed my brain to do that thing. And yeah. that's essentially what I'm talking about with this, with this separating yourself from your feelings. And you understand what the, that, that, that that's just a feeling and, and you are, <laughs> you are separate from your body kind of a thing. You're more than your feelings. Yeah. You're more than your feelings. How about that? That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're more than just the things that you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. I've I've had a hard time articulating what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and that you don't, you're, that you're not depressed and you're not Mm -hmm. anxious that you feel depressed and you feel anxious. Yeah. And then if you feel those ways, it's okay to talk to somebody about it. Right. You know, and that I think is bad too. There's a big stigma around that stuff still, you know, but you also got to know how to keep it under control. Mm-hmm. That too. There's a, a, the balance, right? One foot right. in chaos, one put in order, right? You have to learn how to, how to keep the balance. So like if you're having problems, you should talk to your friends, you should talk some things out, maybe get a therapist. Therapist is the best way to go because you set, you're essentially paying somebody to be objective and listen to all the negative right. bull crap that you've got going on in your head. You know what I mean? Right. Because you don't want to do that to your friends because then your friends all hate you because you're negative Nancy all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, balance once again. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, you can't just be the sad sack all the time. That's depressed. You know, you know, you know what yeah. I'd say too, that I'll, I'll, it sounds really insensitive for me to say yeah. that that way, well, but like, know, yeah, yeah. You know what I'll, I'll add on to that as well. Uh, if you're, if you're struggling in a certain area, if you're depressed about something, something specific, something specific, work on it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But some, sometimes the best thing I found to do is that, um, Help somebody else. Mm. Holy crap, man. Help somebody else that has that is maybe struggling with the same thing. I wish they could see my face right now because I know yeah. I've got to wait till I, I'll tell you some stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's amazing how so much of the way that you feel is wrapped up in being introspective and only looking at yourself. As From soon experience. As you get, yeah. And as mm-hmm. soon as you get outside of that and you help somebody else, you're like, this doesn't really mean anything. Yep. Yeah. This is crazy, man. I was helping one of my friends through like some, some, um, some relationship issues not that long ago. Yeah. Um, or he, he, he couldn't get over like a girlfriend and, um, I was kind of in the same position at that time, you know, still trying to get over him. The last relationship, the one I said, you know, she, she, she took my dog and she, and all yeah. that stuff, yeah, all that stuff. But I mean, it was more of a mutual, well, I guess it wasn't mutual. It was more of a me needing to know that we were walking different paths, but like, so I was helping him and I still wasn't really over all of that at that point. And, um, I'm telling this guy, you know, I was like, it'll, you know, it'll be okay. It's not the end of the world. You know, all this different stuff. I'm like, tell, I'm like talking him through literally everything that I was, I actually needed to hear. Yeah. And the funny thing is that one of my other friends knows this guy and he was like, 
he asked me that if I if I had talked to him, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was I, I like laid out all the things that I said to him. And he said to me, he's like, you know, that's all the stuff that we've been trying to say to you too, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, yeah, like, yeah, like you totally, oh, you got me. And I was like, you're right, you know. And so yeah. I started. I, I was like, I was like, I can give. How can I give so much good advice and not listen to it? You know, and that's totally what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, and I still do it. It's and the re, it's it's hard to do that because the only thing that you get to see the world through is your own experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's sometimes very difficult to see through your own experience objectively mm-hmm. because it's wrapped up in feelings and it's wrapped up in, um, uh, I don't know, this, your, your, your awareness. Mm-hmm. And then like, or all that's all that stuff. It, it's just, it's just well, hard lose, to remove you, remove, remove yourself from those situations and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's, you lose perspective. There you go. Yeah. And it's, Oh, that's interesting that you bring that word up. I'll, I'll say yeah. something else too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like, so any of you out there that might be struggling with these things that we're talking about, like, I know that I, I deal with this personally as well. And I think probably most other artists do is Mm -hmm. it's common actually. Yeah. yeah, It's the dichotomy of like, to create, you have to be alone, Mm -hmm. but loneliness is also what festers a lot of these dysfunctional problems because you don't have other people to bounce your ideas off of you mm-hmm. completely. It's like you're on an Island. You lose perspective of the rest of the world and everything else. So I, I often have to find, I have to often have to force myself to get out of my comfort zone, which is in my head Yeah, to spend time with other people and to, uh, you know, but it's, I know it's a healthy thing. Like sometimes if it's the last thing I want to do, it's like, I know it's a healthy thing. I got to do, got to yeah. do this. Yeah. That's something that, that I do that sometimes too. Like, like I get some really, I get really bad social anxiety every once in a while, mm-hmm. which is really weird to think about for me. But like, there was a time not that long ago where I was sitting here and I was supposed to go out to like a big party on like a Saturday night and I didn't have anything else going on and I could not get myself to get up and leave my house. Yeah. I did not want to go out and be around, around those people. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, what am I, what is wrong with me? And, um, I, and I didn't like, I didn't get up and go and I regretted that. Like I still kind of do a little bit even, well, kind of, but mostly because some other things that happened that weekend that, that we just said that we'll save for a different podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And that was actually a really transformative weekend for me. So I guess not all bad, but that, but that, that day, where I could not get up and go was, I've, I can't think of any, I can think of barely any other time that I felt so depressed and empty. Huh. You know what I mean? One of those times being when I was sitting in a prison cell learning that my grandfather had died. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that was, that was the level that I, and that was only like two months ago. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Huh. Even less time than that ago, actually, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it doesn't always go away. No. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's an active thing. I mean, like, um, yeah. And enlightenment is a quote unquote enlightenment. I say it like it's a, you know, like we're talking super Buddhism philosophy, but like <laughs> it's a, it's a thing you have to keep doing. Right. Being, being, I guess, I don't think happy is a thing that you be. It's a thing that you do. 
kind of a, yeah. How cliche does that sound? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, a, you know, I'm, I feel accomplished with the things that I do and I feel, I feel happy to be around the people that I've chosen to be around and I feel good getting to understand myself and my feelings and, and, and how I operate in, in, in the world really. Yeah. Like those things are really rewarding to me. They really help me, uh, I guess just navigate experience in a way that I never, I don't think that I've ever done before. I mm-hmm. definitely didn't do when I was younger because if I had thought this way that I do now when I was 18, then, well, I wouldn't be here, really, I guess. You know what I mean? I never would have done all the things that I did and never would have gone away. I would have finished my degree quietly at Clarion and oh, off onto a life of doing whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's... Not the way that it happened. No, it's not. And I will say too that like part of who I am now is what I've, what I've been, you know? So like given all the same things, would I have changed the, the course of the past? That's a hard question. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely would not be the person that I am now. And yeah. I, I'm pretty comfortable with who I am. Yeah. Um, I like the things that I've done. I like the things that I've picked up. Uh, and I definitely like that I've, that I've developed a super passion for like understanding things. Mm-hmm. I was not always as curious as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was part of it. You know, when you see everything, what's, how's the fight club saying go? You, when you've lost everything, you're free to do anything. And I chose what yeah. I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to understand things. I wanted to experience. I wanted to have like life. I wanted to live essentially living, living in a cage isn't life. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was uh, a long winded way to tell my life story, my life philosophy, I guess. Well, it was good, man. It was well said. And a a good note to end on. Sure. Um, yeah, I th- I think I just want to go back to saying like we did before, you know, and, and finishing up tail- tagging off of the last thing that you said, just with um, you know, if you could have chose it to happen a different way, you probably wouldn't anyways because you're the person now. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of goes yeah, back. Yeah, I like to, who I am now. Yeah. And it goes back to kind of what we were talking about before, just like choosing instead of choosing to or putting your energy into trying to prevent, like putting your energy into reacting and to, and to like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And so I, I can't even honestly think of a good way to wrap this up because we talked about so many different things. Yeah. We really ran the game. We did. We ran it. We might actually have to turn this into two episodes, but that's fine with me. We can, and we can throw a third one in when I I can talk about the other things that I was going to talk about. That's if you want to, Go that route. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should, but (laughs) yeah, I don't want to promote anything, but yeah, it it would be interesting to talk about. It Uh, would be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm down for it as long as you are. Sure. Well, we might have to think about some things before we talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Well, thanks for being on once again. Absolutely. And let's just. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. Sweet, man. Uh, and listeners, I hope that we've encouraged you to dream loud. So mm-hmm. dream loud, there, guys. Go out there, make something of your lives, right. and uh, 
don't overthink it. Don't try too hard, but uh, just be yourself. Learn what's important to hold on to Mm -hmm. and learn what's important to let go of. Well said, man. All right. We're out. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Have a good one. Yep. See ya. (laughs) 